At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. All right, I hope everybody's kind of surviving this cold stretch we've been going through. It has been bitter cold, and I look at the uh, the map of North America and the temperatures throughout, and it's nuts. I mean, Chicago, what, down to minus 50 with the wind chill? I mean, that's, that's some crazy stuff right there. And I know how that feels because, I mean, we've dealt with that here in Toronto uh, a few times, getting down to temperatures like that. So I feel you guys. I hope everybody stayed warm. I hope everybody was safe. So on this podcast, hopefully we can kind of warm up your, your HVAC hearts a little bit, kind of put some, some heat back into those bones because we have a pretty good podcast today and it's, it's not technical by any means. It's more along the business side of things here and growing a business, starting a business, how to maintain a business, basically is what this podcast is going to focus on. I have a great guest. His name is Josh Kelly. He's out in Arizona. He's, uh, his family owns a business out there called Parker & Sons, an HVAC company. And Josh uh, was responsible in helping his company grow from $6.5 million in revenue to just over $100 million in revenue in about 14 years. Now, that's some pretty heavy-duty stuff right there. Now, Josh also developed a pretty cool... Um, review platform called Review Kangaroo and near the end of the, the podcast we're going to touch on that and if you are a business owner you might want to listen to what Josh has to say about Review Kangaroo because it can actually help you with quality control within your company. So let's get to the podcast guys. Josh is coming up. It's going to be a good one. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast and I'm your host Gary McCready. Okay, on today's True Tech Tools Minute, we're going to talk about a vacuum pump. That's the Appian Tez 8. The coolest feature of this pump to me is the Tez OM. That's the Totally Easy Oil Management Cartridge. Basically, the cartridge slides out. You put a new one in. That cartridge is the sump and the oil supply all in one. So when you take that old cartridge out, you're getting rid of all the contaminants in that pump. You put a new one in. The sump is new, the oil is new, the five-second oil change. That pump right now is on sale at True Tech Tools for around $870, down from $999. So check it out. Save 8% with promo code KNOWITALL. You want to save on Testo stuff, guys? I'll leave a link to Testo Preferred Pricing in the podcast notes. So check that out. All right, let's talk about a vacuum gauge for a sec, micron gauge, the Testo 552. Now, when I first got mine about a year and a half ago, I was told it wasn't a very good gauge, and I started to do some digging, and I found out that the one that I had has an upgraded sensor, and they all do now, the Testo 552. Okay, so in the last two years or so, they are all built with this upgraded sensor, so there's no need to worry about purchasing or ordering the Testo 552 because it has that upgraded sensor now. All right, I have one. I post pictures of it quite often on social media. I haven't in a while just because I haven't been doing much cooling stuff. But, I mean, it is a solid micron gauge. And just a tip, okay, when you get one, you got to get this little vacuum coupler. Now, the vacuum coupler on either end has like quarter-inch female uh, fittings. Okay, and it's on a bit of an angle, a 45. I'm not exactly sure if it's a true 45 or not, but it allows you to put that vacuum gauge upright. The reason for that is because when you're pulling a vacuum, any system oil that's inside the system, you don't want it to get pulled into your micron gauge. Because if it does and it's contaminated, it can, it can actually um, screw up that gauge 
to read properly. So you want to keep that that oil out, okay? And that's the way you do it by keeping it upright. And that goes for all vacuum gauges, by the way. You should keep them all upright on the system so you're not allowing that system oil to get back inside. So guys, in my truck, I have a really cool tool that I wish I got to use more, but I don't do a lot of mini splits. Okay, this is a mini split tool, um, in my opinion, because it's a digital torque wrench, yellow jacket digital torque wrench. Now, I have brought it around to some maintenances, and I have checked flare nuts with them. Okay, and lo and behold, surprise, surprise, they weren't torqued correctly. Or maybe it wasn't that they're torqued, they weren't torqued correctly, but expansion, contraction, over time, they can loosen off a little bit. I've seen this numerous times. Okay, so you go around, check it. What you do is you get in the manual, you check your torque setting for the flare nuts, you set it on the Yellow Jacket digital torque wrench, and once you've set it up, as you start to tighten and torque that nut down, it will alarm when you're at the right spot, and then you back off. It's that easy. It's a really cool tool, guys. I suggest you check it out. If you do a lot of mini splits, it can come in real handy. So... It's funny, with this cold weather, driving around, okay, when I open up the back of my truck, in the back of my truck, I have Refrigeration Technologies, Big Blue, Sub-Zero. Okay, it's not frozen. <laughs> so, a lot of soaps, leak soaps, they're, they're frozen when you go to use them in the winter. Sub-Zero is designed for this weather. It's designed for the temperature and working in freezers and it's not going to freeze up on you unless you get some real, 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 real cold temperatures. Maybe if you're up in the North Pole, it might freeze on you. But with these temperatures in the back of my truck, it's been just fine. Okay, so if you're looking for some uh, freeze protection on your soap, look for Refrigeration Technologies Big Blue Sub-Zero. Okay, um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the last podcast or the one before that I gave my coworker a roll of smart seal external and he went and used it okay i got his feedback and i got his pictures this week so he wrapped it around a service valve that had a pinhole leak on the valve body and it worked it held he's happy with it now i'm suggesting to him that he orders up the new valve and he replaces it okay because that's what you should do you should get that new part and replace it but in the meantime to keep the customer going he wrapped it on there, okay, cured it, pulled a vacuum, and it held, held pressure. So this is what Smart Seal External is good for as a truck stock item. Gets you out of a jam, allows you some time, and now you can go back when it's convenient. It's not rush, rush, because we all get busy, right? And sometimes we we can't get back to jobs right away. So now he's he's got that time bought for him. Um, Field Pulse is doing a pretty cool giveaway. They got a sign. You know those signs that you see in the workplace? This workplace hasn't had an accident since blank, right? And then you can fill in the blank. So they're giving away that sign. Pretty cool sign. You can hang it up in your shop, your man cave, your garage, your basement, whatever, right? Um, but you got to go to their Facebook account, their uh, their Instagram account, and you can see the details there, and, and you can uh, get into that contest. Hey, what's up, Josh? How you doing tonight, man? Good. How you doing, Gary? I'm doing awesome. And I think a lot of the listeners that own a business or just starting out or prospecting uh, business owners are going to uh, enjoy this podcast because you got a lot of good info for us tonight. And um, I'm pretty excited to get going on this. But before we do that, I just if you want to take a, a couple of minutes just to give yourself, uh, the listeners, a bit of background on yourself, what you do, what you're up to, and, and how you're involved in the HVAC industry. Yeah, it's always uh, it's always most uncomfortable when you're talking about yourself. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my family bought a business here in Phoenix called Parker and Sons about 14 years ago. I kind of grew up in the industry. I even did sheet metal when I was a kid and installs over summers and stuff like that. Uh, and we bought a business about 14 years ago. At the time, it was a pretty good-sized HVAC business. It was about 
six and a half million dollars, um, 35 or 40 team members. Um, in the last 14 years, we actually grew it to last year was just a smidge over a hundred million dollars in residential service alone. Um, and about 450 team members. So I have a pretty cool growth model and that's what I did for about 14 years. And now I actually, uh, run and operate and own a business called Review Kangaroo, which is, you know, right now the, for home services, the, the world's latest reputation management system, essentially helping companies get reviews and grow their business. That's pretty cool. Awesome. I think so. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. So, so what made your family um, go out and buy uh, an established HVAC company? Are you guys looking to invest? Did you have a, a serious interest in the, in the, the trade as a whole or how, how did that all happen? Uh, you know, it's kind of a combination. We kind of fell into it a little bit. So my father was, uh, worked for Road Rear back in the day as an accountant, believe it or not, but moved into operations and he was a VP of a company called Service America. And then eventually for people who really know the industry, <clears throat> he was a VP of a company called Blue Dot. Uh, Blue Dot was owned by a company called Northwestern. Northwestern got caught cooking the books essentially and to sell off a bunch of their assets piece by piece. And one of the assets they sold was Blue Dot. So it was kind of free for all. You could buy a company for a reasonable price uh, in areas, right? Um, so we bought the Phoenix market. Nice. And and growing a company from six and a half million in revenue to a hundred million in revenue in in fourteen years. I mean that that's that, mm -hmm. that's some that's some pretty good results. I mean that's 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 some top end money right there, a hundred million bucks. So um, thank you. You you and I are going to discuss. Um, kind of the ins and outs of starting a business, the realities of running it, and kind of what you need to know um, about that. And I'm not an expert on that by any means. I mean, I do work within a company. I don't own one. Um, I, I like being a team member. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of things I don't know about owning a business in this um, in this trade. But all I know is where I live. Business owners that I know that are my friends. Um, they have a lot of stressful periods in their life. Uh, they go for many, many months without days off. Uh, and it's, it sucks to, to listen to this, but they're driven to do that. So more power to them. Uh, but I don't know if I could live that lifestyle where I'm working 24 or not 24 seven, but seven days a week, possibly 14 hour days in charge of 10 to, to 50 people, depending on how big your, your company is. So, that's kind of a good segue into in, into the first topic here. Like, why would you want to own your own business in the HVAC industry? Yeah. So my thought process on this is actually pretty simple. And I was kind of taking it from, you know, starting a business or buying a business from scratch. Um, this is certainly going to help people who have a business now, but it's not the focus of this conversation. And really, for me, it's I've had so many texts tell me, and we actually encourage our techs, hey, if you want to start your own business, we'll actually help you. Um, <clears throat> but so many techs decide, hey, I want to build my own business. And there's a lot of reasons why. The very first step for you deciding whether you should build your own business or buy a business is always, why do you want to own the business? Because a lot of people don't really understand the mechanics of own a business. And I've heard things like, hey, I want time and freedom, right? or I can do it better, or I can make more money with my own business, or <clears throat> I want to implement my own ideas, or a really good one, which I think has a lot of validity, is I want to own something of my own, maybe pass it down to my kids, or you know something to that effect. And here's the basic reality of it. If you have your own business, especially in the beginning, a lot of people do it for time and freedom. Man, you don't have any time or freedom. You went from having one boss to having hundreds of bosses, because every single client is now your boss. Yeah. Every and, single team member exactly, is now your boss, right? Now. Exactly. And that, that's something that a lot of people don't think about. They want to be their own boss, yes. But if you have 300 customers and they're all calling you, bitching at you and complaining, you have to answer to them. So it's not like you stop answering yep. to anybody. You're, 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 now, no, answering, you're, you're now answering to your customers, yeah. Yeah, it gets much worse, right? Yeah. So... So time and freedom is really not a good reason to start a business. I'm just being honest. It's not. Some people think it's more money. Um, I can tell you more money. If you're a small business, you make significantly more money working for someone else. I actually do this exercise in the office, and we won't go into it because it takes a while. But, you know, we take uh, $100, $100, $1 bills. We actually pull out the P&L. We're big sharers, right? 
and we go through how much each thing costs. Like if we bring in a hundred dollars to Parker and Sons, how much does the technician get? Now in our company, we get they get twenty percent, right? Okay. Uh, it can be higher than that depending, but it's twenty percent. And you go through this whole process, and you pay the accountant, and you pay for gas, and you pay for this, and you pay for that, pay for all the expenses of the business, right? And what happens is at the end of it, I end up with about eight bucks. That technician ends up with twenty bucks, mm-hmm. and then I have to pay Uncle Sam, so I end up with five bucks. Yeah. And I get twenty bucks. So for every hundred dollars getting in, they're making four times as much as me. Now, don't feel bad for me because I do that on everybody, right? It makes sense for me as a big company. But if you've got two or three people, you will not make more money having your own business compared to working somewhere else if you're working at a good place, right? Yeah, so so you you have you have the advantage of, of volume, right? Correct. Because, yeah. because you're such a large company. Now, you told me uh, the other day there how many people are, are now working at Parker & Sons, mm-hmm. and the number was phenomenal to me. And you want to throw that number out there? Yeah, we have about 450 team members right now because it's yeah, kind of slow. Yeah, that, that's that's crazy, and and you're divided up into divisions, right? Like how many divisions do you yeah. have within that company? Well, we have AC service, we have AC install, we have plumbing, and we have electrical, and then we have water treatment as well. So we have about 100 AC techs, about 24 install crews, 60 plumbers, um, electricians. I want to say 18, somewhere around there, and water techs, another eight to ten. Yeah, that, that, and that, then a whole that, bunch of support people. Yeah, and then you also told me you had about was it thirty customer service reps just ready to answer phone calls? Is that what it was? Is that the number? Did I get that right? That is absolutely correct. There was one day this summer where we took twenty four hundred calls in one day. Yeah, that's that was the hottest day of the year, but still, it's it's incredible. And <laughs> uh, going from going from a one man show is stressful. To, to that many people in a company, like how how do you deal with how do you deal with going to bed every night knowing that um, there could be a potential fire, an injury, um, a lawsuit, an insurance claim? Like how, how do you sleep at night? It's <laughs> we're getting deep here. Um, honestly, <laughs> I just yeah, I gotta ask the questions, man. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, like you know, we're large enough and successful enough. I don't really worry about competitors as crazy as that sounds because I can bully them. It's just the truth. I don't worry about things like that. What I worry about is exactly what you described, someone getting a car wrecked and hurting themselves seriously or a fire or, I mean, that's what keeps me up at night because we just have a lot of moving people out there. Mistakes are made. I don't care who you are and how protective you are and how good a system you are. Mistakes happen. And when they happen, sometimes they can have real serious results. Yeah, exactly. And not only... Not only would I be personally devastated, but that business disappears almost overnight. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's incredible. I, I can't even fathom um, owning a business with that many people. But after um, we touched on like the reality of owning your own business, like what would be the next step into that? And I know we, you, you talked about maybe um, trying to be a subcontractor, or using someone else to su- mm-hmm. kind of support, maybe um, uh, lead generation or something like that along those lines. What, yeah, no, absolutely. So a lot of people really don't think about what it takes to put together a business, right? So, I mean, you got to do things like advertising, accounting. You have to answer the phone 24 hours, really. You got to do legal. You got to have taxes. You got to have team members. You got HR and payroll and benefits and dispatching and inventory and financing for yourself, financing for customers. There's so much that goes into owning a business. And a lot of people just go, you know, just jump into the deep end. And it's not that that can't work, because it definitely can, but I would really always suggest using a service as an in-between, right? So there's companies out there like uh, Pulse, P-U-L-S. They're coming into HVAC and plumbing here this quarter. Um, they do a whole bunch of stuff right now. Uh, or like an Amazon marketplace. Or there's several companies out there that essentially bridge that gap for you. Meaning it's like Pulse is a perfect example. It's like an Uber for home services. So if you're an Uber driver, you have time for you. 100%. You can work whenever you want as often as you want, right? Mm-hmm. So if time freedom is your thing, I would test Pulse first, right? Or if, uh, you know, you want to make more money, you take away a lot of systems. It's a way for you to test working for yourself, being your own boss, making your own hours, without having to figure out how to generate leads, without having to figure out how to track down money, without figuring out how to do inventory and all the stuff that comes with the business. So I always would suggest someone go there first and test the waters. Now, a lot of people understand that. Because they like the time. Most people 
that start their own business, they do it because they think they get to play golf twice a week, right? That's just yep. the mentality, right? Yep. It's not the reality, but that's the mentality. With a company like Pulse, you could do that um, and still make a lot of money. Um, so that's a great in-between, and if that's what's important to you, I would always suggest testing something first and feeling comfortable with it before you just dive in. Because once you dive in, you're in, and there's really no going back, right? Yeah, so I, so, I got to ask you about this this pulse thing, if if you don't mind, because it, it's yeah. kind of a new concept to me, and I've I never heard of it until yeah. you brought it brought it up to me uh, a few days ago. Now, is this like uh, just in the U.S. or is it North America or is it worldwide? Like, where where is it? Like, where is the uh, where do we end there as far as how far we can go with it, like globally? Um, I believe I believe pulse right now is just North America. Okay, so um, it's also in Canada expanding. as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're expanding now. Pulse is a, you know, they got what I call OPM, other people's money. Um, they've raised a ton of money, uh, like nine figures, I think. Um, and they're just trying to grow like crazy, just like Uber did. Just mm-hmm. like Uber did. You know, they're not worried about making money. They want to pay uh, a lot of technicians and grow super fast and make it a no-brainer for them. So... so- so how does how does a uh, how does like how like let's let's say I I'm a homeowner and I want an AC and how does Pulse get involved with getting the homeowner uh, business and then Pulse giving the business to a contractor to come install it like how does all that work? Yeah, so it's it's exactly like every other company. Pulse spends a ton of money on advertising. Okay. And they generate leads, and then essentially just like Uber. If you wanted to work for Pulse, you have to talk to them. You have to do an interview with them, and you download the app. And essentially, once you're on the app, you say, hey, I want to work today. You pull up your app. Uh, here's the three closest calls to you. Do you want to pick one? That's that's a really and interesting concept, yeah. Yeah, and then you run it. And if you want to keep running calls, you keep running calls. If you want to stop after one, you can. I mean, obviously, they would prefer you keep running calls, but that's the beauty of that system is you can work as little or as much as you want. Yeah, that's, that, that's crazy. And then I guess you would have to provide your own tools and your own truck and, and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Yep. You're like a 1099 employee. So essentially it's like starting your own business, but without having to figure out a lot of the backend stuff. Mm-hmm. So once, once so you, in between now. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so, so let's say you, you, you use a, a service like pulse for a while and you're like, cool, I really enjoy this, um, but I wanna, I don't want to have to depend on Pulse. I want to go out and I want to, I want to start you wanna my do own. Your own thing, I yeah. want to have my own brand. I want to have my own business cards. I want to have my own website. So, what is the the next step to setting up your own business from there? Yeah, so this is gonna sound really overwhelming, and it's a lot, um, but it's worth doing if you're doing it for the right why. So let me just go through some of the basics that a lot of people really don't think about. I mean, number one you have to hire a lawyer because you have to be incorporated. Um, you got to get licensing. You got to register with the IRS. You got to set up with vendors. You got to buy accounting software, phone software, insurance. Uh, you need to go to a, write up a business plan, probably get a loan for your business, right? Which means you're probably putting your house up on collateral. Um, this is all just setting up, by the way. This is not actually even running the business. You haven't built a website yet. You haven't built business cards or a logo or even generated leads with advertising. This is just the setup, right? Mm-hmm. So the point of this is not to scare people away. It's it's okay as long as you know what you're doing. The last thing I want to see is we actually help team members that want to start their own business. Um, and I've seen it the opposite way so many times, like where people get burned by them. They get really upset when someone leaves. Hey, if you want to leave and you leave on the right terms, that's okay. I, I think that should be encouraged in a way as long as it's in a healthy way, right? That is, um, that is really cool. So if somebody in your um, company says, you know what, I feel like going out on my own. You guys are awesome to me, but I feel like doing my own thing. You will actually yeah. help them set up their own business. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that, that's super cool, man. That's awesome. So think about it this way, right? Like, how do you get the best people? Yeah. You get the best people by being the best company to work for. It's no secret. It's not just pay. Yeah, we pay more than anybody else too, right? But that's not why people – people come for pay. People stay for relationships and because of the way they're treated. Mm-hmm. Doing something as simple as that, number one, encourages people not to leave because they love working for us for a good reason, right? Because we can really try to take care of them. 
But if they did decide they want to go out, like, I can either burn that person and lose that tech permanently and lose that relationship. If it's a good tech, I don't want to lose that relationship. And he could help me down the road too. Why, why, why burn a bridge that doesn't need to be burned? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a good yeah. way to think about it. And, and I know um, from my experience that most of the guys that go out on their own that work for a company already, the, the way they do it is they kind of take customers with them. And that's that's how they they get their first set of customers. Maybe maybe one, maybe two, maybe three, but that's usually how how it goes. And it, and it starts a lot of um, starts a lot of uh, yeah. cut cutthroating. It starts a lot. It, mm-hmm. it creates a lot of bad blood within the industry when that happens. Yeah, and obviously we wouldn't allow something like that. That's part of why we help people set up. Like we we pay to get those customers. It's not right for you to steal it. A lot of times it'd be illegal and it'd get in a lot of trouble. So if you think about doing that, just be really careful about it. I would suggest not doing it, but everybody listening is a grown adult. They can do what they want, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, the, I mean, the key is, you know, it's not easy to start a business and there's a lot of good reasons to start a business. Just know why you're doing it and what the reasoning is. And if you have a good reason, a good boss shouldn't, put that down right they shouldn't be upset about that because they did the same thing themselves right yeah Yeah. that's how they got there yeah that's right yeah yeah and i would want to warn everybody on this too if you are starting a business from scratch if you're buying a business it'd be a little different if you're starting a business from scratch even when you buy a business if it's not a large business i want everybody to be totally aware that the first few months you're going to be kind of twirling your thumbs i think it's really hard to figure out advertising it's going to take a long time before you're busy enough to actually keep yourself busy. So the first year to two years, expect it to be pretty rough. So you gotta have a pretty big nest egg. You gotta be prepared for that. It's not, owning a business is not for everyone. It's not for most people because it's not fun. It's not, I don't do it because I enjoy it. I, I do it because I like helping other people. I get a kick out of helping team members and that team member buying a house that they couldn't afford before or taking that trip or buying a boat that they always want way more than I care about getting the money. Um, if you're doing it just to make money or to chase time, it's not a good solution for you. It just really isn't. Yeah. You have to have a deeper purpose than that. Yeah. yeah there, there has to be a balance because if you're in it just for the money, your customers will find that out very quickly. Um, and we had a talk about that a couple of weeks ago about someone else in the industry that it seemed to be kind of going in that direction for them. But um, yeah, if, if you're going to be uh, a money chaser and it shows, and it looks like you don't care about your people and your customers, um, it's not going to turn out well for you in the end. Right. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, that's not sustainable. That's the basic truth. And yeah. I mean, how do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night? It's money. I forget exactly who told us to me, but uh, he said, you know, uh, if you chase money, you become a slave. Oh, if you let money you chase you, it, become, it becomes your slave. And it took me a long time to really understand that. But I did have like a like a moment where it just all of a sudden it just clicked. And it's like, you know what? I'm not chasing revenue. I'm chasing helping people. Yeah. And saving people, you know, getting opportunity for people, doing cool things for other people. And the moment we did that, at least for me personally, we became more successful. I got more excited. It was easier to push. It was easier to drive. Everybody around me was more excited. It was just a much better experience all the way around. Yeah, no, no definitely. So um, back to, I, I think we, we wanted to touch on something else here. So we've, we've talked about why you want to start a business. So if you get past that and you get past the reality of it and you can start generating your, your leads and then you set it up. So once your business is up and running and say you get by that first couple of years and you're doing okay and you're making some dough, how do you build on that, like the way you built on Parker and Sons to grow from six and a half to a hundred million dollars? How do we grow on that? What do we have to implement and, and how do we have to, to go about doing that? You know, there's a lot of answers to that. There's no silver bullet to being a really successful business. And trust me, anyone that's on this podcast could come into my business and point things that are horribly wrong every single day. And a lot of things that we do really, really right. Um, here's my advice to anyone who owns a business, um, period. doesn't matter what type of business it is. To me, it's all about the small things. So 
to take an analogy, football, right? It's never the team with the greatest special teams that wins the Super Bowl. It's always the team that blocks and tackles well. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Makes so you have, to, sense, yeah. you have to do the blocking and tackling well. You have to do the basics really well, really consistently. So that starts with simple things like making the most money out of every single customer that you get. A lot of people don't really understand that it costs a lot of money and takes a lot of effort to get a customer to do business with you. You better lock down that customer, build a fence around them so other people don't use them, and you better be talking to them about upselling, being thorough, giving them the best possible experience because it is so much cheaper to keep a customer than it is to get a new one. And by the way, when you start making more money off those customers, then all of a sudden you have more money for advertising. And you can get more customers in. And then your advertising, your, your cost per lead, your cost per book call goes down because you're being, getting efficiency, right? And all of a sudden you're going back. And with every single call you're getting, you make more money. So it's just like snowball effect. Mm-hmm. So I always suggest anyone who wants to grow, the first thing you should be doing is looking at how you could make maximize the value off of every single customer without being dishonest. We're never going to be dishonest or make stuff up, right? But be thorough. If you're thorough and you're talking about stuff, customers will buy because it's the right thing to do, right? Yeah, and and from my experience touching on growing um, with a customer so they stay with you and keep spending money is that sometimes, and I've seen this from many different angles, where a company or tech or, or service manager or whoever it is, they try to hit a home run with that customer. You know what I mean? They try to hit the home run. And they're trying to make the big buck off the customer, but they don't see the long term in it where, I mean, if you do, if you try to lie and cheat and steal and you try to hit a home run with a customer, um, that could be a one-off and then you're going to lose out after that. But if you keep that customer, you're honest, you do good service, um, that customer could stay with you for 20 years and think about, so, so what you sell, you sell them uh, the high end AC, high end, furnace I, you probably don't sell furnaces very much in arizona but, <laughs> no, but yeah. out here what i where i am you could sell a job for 10 grand to a residential customer for new furnace new ac um all the the fancy um iaq you know what i mean indoor air quality stuff yeah and and then yeah. never hear from them again because maybe you, you charge them three grand more than than someone else and they found fa- they find out later but if you, you keep that customer um and you give them the proper price on the install and then you, you sign them up for a maintenance contract and they call you back for repairs, maybe over 20 years, you're going to make $30,000 off that customer. Who knows? Like, I don't know. This is just an example, right? Yeah. And, and I think that plays into it as well. Don't try to hit a home run with every customer because it's going to probably come bite you in the ass. Pretend that you want to, when you first meet a customer, pretend that you want to have a 30 year relationship with that customer and 30 year relationships um, it takes trust. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it takes honesty. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, these are, these are the things that I don't own my own business, but I'm a very busy technician within my company and probably the busiest because I implement this type of, um, it's not really a technique. I'm just really myself. I just be honest. And I, yeah, I, edu- I educate my customers. I show them pictures. That's why I'm changing this contactor because it looks like that. So the next time I say, I got to change the contactor they have in their head. Yep. That's what Gary said it looks like, so we probably have to change it because I trust them. So we, we continue this relationship for years and years and years, and, and the company benefits more than I do from that, but at least I take a paycheck home every week, you know what I mean? And, I, and I'm not struggling for work every day. Yep, no, I get it 100%. I mean, the truth is good businesses are built on singles and doubles. Yeah. Singles and doubles, not triples and home runs. You just Home runs, you just, you're swinging too hard and you miss too much, and well, just like I said, every customer is so valuable to you. The lifetime value of your customer for HVAC companies are generally right around ten grand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now you could do you could do one off and get ten grand, but man, you got to keep people busy still, which is a big part of you know what drives me crazy and stresses me out. You know, I got to keep all of my team members, you know, busy every day, make sure they can put food on their table, and I can't be starving people, right? I would rather take, you know, I mean, I'll take an install all day too. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's the doubles and the singles that win the game. Uh, just like the football analogy, you know, you can't, you can't. It's the flashy stuff isn't, isn't what works long term. 
yeah. it works once mm-hmm. and then it's done. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, is there anything else um, that you want to touch on about um, starting a business, growing a business, or yeah, or or maintaining, uh, even maintaining a business is a good one too, right? But I think we just kind of touched on that. But you know what? I do want to ask you this: um, keeping yeah. pe- keeping pe- people busy, and you, you yeah. just t- you just touched on that, and that's a lot of a lot of times people don't think about that. So I want to start a business and I want to hire a guy and I want to hire this guy or that guy and then, or this girl, because there's a lot of girl techs coming into the trade, but you have to keep them busy. You got to give them their 40 hours a week or guess what? They're going to start looking somewhere else. So that's another thing you got to think of when you start a business and hire somebody is I have to have enough work for that person, right? You owe it to them. You owe it to them. Here's, Here's the real truth, and as as when you're smaller, your 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 bosses are the customers. When you start growing, it's your team members are your customers, right? The team members own me. There's no doubt about it. I owe them every single day. I owe them to give them opportunity. I owe them to keep them busy. I owe them to make sure they have plenty of money in the bank account and they got food on the table. That's my responsibility. It's not theirs. It's their responsibility to work hard and take care of the customers. I don't worry about that. We train for that, but that's not my job. You know what I mean? That's their job. Um, so when you do hire someone, I don't take that lightly. Like, I don't let people go in the off-season, or we don't let people go in the off-season. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's right. I mean, we do have some seasonality, right? But it's people that we will want to go anyway. I know that sounds horrible, but it is what it is. Um, if you find a good person, it's just like a, it's like a customer except to the extreme. A good person is worth so much money to you. And they're so hard to find and to keep. They are. You got to do everything to make sure that they're happy. Right. Yeah. Good, and, good, good people and, are, are really, really hard to find. <laughs> yeah. They're hard to find. They're hard to keep because they're hard to be sought after. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You know, where this whole industry is changing where, Younger people don't put the same value on on trades that they once did. Um, it's hard to find young, driven techs. Um, it's it's a problem that we're all having, and I have some pretty cool solutions for that. But that's kind of a different conversation. Um, but yeah, when you find somebody, it's your obligation to make sure not only that they have hours, but they have opportunity to grow, that they have opportunity to make more money than what they're making right now and the opportunity to move into different positions that they choose. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Um, scaling within within a company is huge because there's a lot of companies out there. You get to a certain point, that's it. You're, that, that's it. There, there's, yep. no, there's nowhere for you to go except um, move on and own your own business or something like that. So if you provide um, positions of, of, uh, of power within a company where – um, a guy that's been with you for 10, 15 years is now maybe a foreman or a service manager or, you know what I mean, a, or, or a lead installer or lead tech and, and now has a group of people that he can kind of uh, oversee. That, that That's kind of cool to, to be able to do that. And if it comes with uh, uh, incentive as far as pay or oh, bo- yeah, or bonuses or something like that, that, that also would be cool. But there's one more aspect that I think that is really, really important that you and I never brought up in this conversation. That's the aspect of family when you run your own business. So um, you're not going to see your family as much as you do potentially if you start running your own business um, because you might be gone all day working. And if you're not gone all day working, you're gone all day potentially trying to build a customer base or in meetings um, at a tender or, or something. So that could cause a lot of strain on your family, especially if you have kids, um, you know what I mean? Small kids. So I think you have to really, really have that conversation with your spouse and your family. Hey, listen, this is the road we're going to go down. Is everybody on board? Because if everybody's not on board within your household, it might not be something that you want to to tackle. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, here's the simple truth. If you're home, you're not making money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you want to be out all day, all night, right? That is definitely a conversation you need everybody on board with, comfortable with. 
it's not just the time constraints. And there's definitely, when you work for yourself, you work a lot more hours. You just do. Um, it's not a choice thing, um, period. It doesn't matter what size you're at. Um, but it's also a financial constraint. When you first start your business, things get really tight really fast. And you have to take a lot of money out, and you're putting generally your house up for collateral, if not more. Um, everybody's got to be on board with it because because it's not pleasant at first, and it's not pleasant for most. There's a reason 80% of our industry are one-person shops, right? Mm-hmm. It's because they can't get over the hump. They don't want to do all the extra stuff. They don't want to put together payroll. They don't want to do all that, all the extra things that takes to actually be successful. Because if you're a one-person shop, I'm telling you right now, you don't have that much time freedom and you don't make that much money. You just don't. Um, there's just, it's just too much work for one person to effectively, you have to scale and make money off of other people. You just have to. Yeah. Um, otherwise it's not worth doing in my opinion, um, because just the liability alone, like mistakes happen. And if a mistake happens and it's your business, man, it's, it's scary. It's yeah. scary. You can lose everything. Yeah, and and you know what's you know what's crazy is that it's and I don't know any way to get to get through this or past this, but what I'm going to say here is that when you're young, you got the energy and you have usually you have some drive, and or at least back in the day, like we talked about how kids coming up now they just don't have the drive for the trades. But if you've got drive um, and you got energy, you usually don't have experience yet. So this is kind of the, the catch 22. Cause I remember when I first started in the trade, I was going to the gym all the time. I was fit. I had drive, I had energy, but I didn't have the knowledge or the experience to start my own business. Now yeah. I have the knowledge and I have the experience and the confidence. If I did start my own business, I know what it takes to do that. And I think it would be successful if I put the time in, but like, I don't want to put that constraint on my family. Now I got young kids and 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 it's not something, and, and I, I just turned 40. It's not something that I want to go down being out 16 hours a day, seven days a week. It's not something I want to do anymore. I wish I would have done it when I was younger, but I didn't have the experience or the know-how. So w- what kind of advice would you give to somebody that might be 25 years old? They don't have a family yet. This is the time where they should maybe be doing it. If they're If they're lacking a little bit of experience or confidence, would you suggest – just jumping in and trying it anyway and see where, see where it goes at that point because you're so young. Yeah. I mean, here's what I would say. I don't think age should really play into this that much. I get what you're saying a hundred percent, but there's a reason like you're going to take the top 25 operators in the United States for HVAC, right? The biggest company in the United States, especially for residential. You'd be surprised how many of them have accounting backgrounds. And how many of them have marketing backgrounds and aren't and we're never taxed, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I tell people this honestly, like if I came out to fix something in your house, you are so screwed. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like, like I I know how it's supposed to be done. I, I don't know how to do it though. So Luckily. like I have no idea. I I know how to talk to customers. I've done a lot of training on that. Uh, I can't fix your problem. But I don't. You don't want me doing that. Trust me. Um, I don't think age makes a difference to it though. Really. To me, there's one difference that people that are really successful people that work for other people and really successful people that work for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's purely the willingness to take the risk. Yeah. Because you take a lot of risk when you start your own business. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot. And you have to be okay with that and you can't be afraid of it. Because mm-hmm. if you're afraid of it, it's going to be much harder to be successful. And for that 25-year-old, I would suggest try a company like Pulse. Feel what, like, what it's like to have your own schedule, do your own thing. Try that before. I would not suggest anyone jump in cold turkey without really knowing what they're getting into. Because once you pay for that lawyer, once you bought that website, once you've got all that licensing and stuff, you're in. You've gotten a loan from somebody. Your house is on the line. You're in, whether you want to or not, right? It's not something that's just changed 90 days later. I'm sorry, bank. Can you take back two-thirds of the money? And uh, we'll just call it even, right? That's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it's 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 an all in or nothing. Yeah, so so once you're all in, you better be prepared to. Uh, and and that's why we had this conversation to, to to let people know that hey, listen, these are all the aspects you got to think about before jumping in. So it, it would be it would be super cool in a way 
if we could do that Benjamin Button thing and have all the experience and just kind of grow young and then start the business at 20 years old with all this knowledge and experience and confidence, that would be super cool. But unfortunately the world doesn't work that way. So anyway, man, um, it's, it's been, it's been a great uh, little chat, but you want to go over just what you said at the beginning there, because I I know you uh, are involved with something else called revenue or sorry, review kangaroo. Do you want to just touch on that for a sec? Yeah. Yeah. So review kangaroo, it's a, it's a software we built really originally for our own business. Um, essentially, you know, we're in a grudge business, it's straight, plain, and simple. No one calls an HVAC company or plumbing company because they want to never in my life. If I had someone call and say, Hey, you know what? Sounds good today. I want some shiny pipes in my wall. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't exist. So, when they call you, they're already upset. When they're upset before you ever get there, it's really easy to get negative reviews. It was really difficult to get positive reviews. And I went out and I tried to buy systems and they just didn't work. Um, so I got a bunch of contractors that I knew, got a bunch of feedback uh, on deciding what would be the perfect system, not only asking for reviews, but actively cross-selling, uh, asking for referrals, things that we all want to happen in the business every day. But if you were to ask a technician, hey, would you do something different if this is your business? They have a list of things, right? It's like, uh, I would ask for referrals. I'm like, yeah, do that. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'd also talk about plumbing ones now. Yes, yes, you should be doing that, right? Um, but they don't because we just ask them to do so many things and they're busy and there's so many things on top of mind. I get it. So we created an automated system to do all of that for them and then essentially drive reviews automatically to Google, to Yelp, to Facebook, to screen out negative reviews automatically. So uh, anytime there is an issue, it goes to your management team instead of becoming permanent on the web. It's a really cool system that we get really amazing results from. Our average client grows about 15% in additional revenue for six months on the program. Really? Eh? That's our average. That, yeah. that, that's pretty cool. So, like, is there a website for that, or like, what's the website? Yeah, reviewkangaroo.com, R-E-V-U-Kangaroo.com. Uh, or, you know, honestly, I'm an open book. You can just call in the office, number is 602 456 8832 or if anyone wants to just I, I can't promise i'll answer super super fast but if anyone wants to shoot me an email it's just josh at reviewkangaroo.com um i'd glad to help anybody out with any questions they have or anything they need as well cool so so essentially is, is it what you were saying there if somebody writes a bad review the the owner of the company will get it and and they'll be able to kind of um like like solve it yeah, re- restall it or reach out to the customer and say, like, we want to fix it. Like, what, what, Can you explain that again? Because yeah. I kind of misunderstood at that last part, if you don't mind. Yeah. So essentially what we do is we have an automated email text message system. We have 13 different ways of helping you ask for reviews, for example. Right? Okay. What we do is we drive through a funnel on your own website or we tie it to a team member. So when I say that, like, it's weird to say, but, like, when you write a review on Parker and Sons, you never write a review on Parker and Sons. You write a review on John, the AC test. That's awesome. Uh, okay. Because you get much better results for that. And I get to tie it to a team member, give him feedback. I mean, there's all kinds of benefits to doing that. And then once you've chosen a team member, I'm going to ask one qualification question. How was your service from one to five stars? If they give you a five star, I will automatically drive it to Google, to Yelp, to Facebook, to BB. If you want like a home advisor, an Angie's list, whatever you want me to send it to. Mm-hmm. They had a bad experience, like a one, two, or three. What I do instead is have them fill out a form, collect all their information, get all the details of what happened, and send it to the management team. Saying, hey, this customer had an issue with John, the HVAC tech. Here's exactly what happened. Here's all the details. Click here to call him. Click here to email him. Oh, and by the way, this has happened to John five times in the last month. Maybe we should do some training. Ah, so that's okay. kind of the basics of the program. Gotcha. So so you, you're, you're really helping out the tech by 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 cleaning up his maybe reputation by getting rid of these bad reviews, by helping him become a better tech type thing. Correct. correct. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, the key is like, I've seen reviews and this is not an exaggeration. I was like, yeah, John was amazing. He did a great job. He cleaned up after himself, explained everything well. Uh, but he said he'd be there between eight and 10. He didn't show up till nine, but it's an hour late. So I'm going to give a one star review. So like, that's directly between eight and 10. That's not fair in any way. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you didn't have our system in place, that's a one-star review on Google that's now just become permanent. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That, that's pretty cool. So you, you, um, you along with, with a team of people, you guys built this 
yourselves, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have a partner who has a really large, successful SEO firm, and he kind of ran the development side. And then, you know, I came up with the idea, the marketing, all the fun stuff there. And I mean, really, it wasn't, we had no intention of starting a business. I was just trying to solve a problem with our own business. Um, and then like halfway through, it's like, oh my God, we can help a lot of people. Um, and just been running ever since. Yeah, that's a very cool concept. So uh, good on you guys for uh, for doing that, especially if you're helping out John the tech, <laughs> helping yeah, him yeah, helping absolutely. him become helping him become a better tech, realizing that um, the customers may not be saying it to his face, but they'll go behind his back like most customers do and complain about him. So let's clean John up and get him to be yeah. a much better quality yeah. technician. That that that's really cool. Anyway, man. Um, it's getting late on my end. I know you're probably, you're only at like, uh, what, uh, 6.30 in Arizona, right? Yeah, 7.30, 7.30, oh, yeah. 7.30, okay. Well, it's, it's almost my bedtime, so <laughs> <laughs> I will um, I will uh, have some sweet dreams tonight thinking about how I could have owned a business at 25 but never did it. Oh, I, don't, well. I, don't know how to, I don't know how to respond to you. You're going to be dreaming about me tonight. I'll let that one go. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, just do me a favor. Uh, let's say bye to everybody. Just hang out on the phone with me for a minute or two. We'll, we'll have a little chat. But, uh, guys, thank you very much. Josh, thank you very much for getting onto the phone. And uh, we'll talk in a bit. Catch you later. Thank you, guys. If you already own your own business, that was kind of a, a really good conversation to reflect on because um, I'm sure you've gone through some of those things, right? Or maybe all of those things. But if you haven't decided if you want to own your own business yet, it was a good conversation to kind of give you some insight into what it might be like to go through that process. Now, it's, it's going to be a long process. It's not going to be an easy one. So you really have to make up your mind and have your mind uh, set on doing so, but like, like we discussed in the podcast, I mean, make sure your family's on board with it because if they're not, and, and, and there's kind of hesitation there, you have to figure out what that hesitation is, um, fix it and then move on. Because if you go forward with hesitation, you might be making the wrong decision because once you go in, you're going to be all in and that's it. You're going to, you're going to have to go full force at it. And there's not really any turning back without, taking a loss of some sort right so really think about it but if you do go forward guys if you want to run your own shop you want to run your own business in 10 15 years from now you want to have all kinds of money in a nice house nice car um, all the fancy toys vacations i mean these are things that you can do but you got to put the work in first you have to put the work in now in order to reap the benefits later on so think about it first but if you do go forward guys I wish you the best of luck. I really do. I want to see people be successful. There's a lot of money out there to be made. There's a lot of opportunities out there to be had. If you're good at what you do and you put forth the work and you're a good person, you're positive, um, you can do some good things, guys. So anyway, that's the podcast for today. You guys have a good one. Stay warm. I'm out. Happy HVACing.